Well, uh, welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is our podcast where we just go through different mediums of art. Today we're talking about the 1988 film by John Carpenter, They Live. Yeah, um, but uh, before we get there, uh, Connor, I just wanted to ask you, what type of media or anything have you consumed since we last spoke? What have you been getting into? Hmm. Honestly, a lot of YouTube. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Just been, just been watching a lot of stuff, particularly on John Carpenter for this. Uh, oh, really? For this Doing one, some yeah. research? Yeah, doing some research. Nice, nice. Uh, I have been reading some comic books. I read um, the Boom Studios Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic. Pretty good so far pretty good to be honest and then my... i actually i actually watched the uh the first pokemon movie again last night is that count? oh really yeah no that totally counts <laughs> it's uh it's a pretty good film <laughs> does doesn't stand up too much now but oh know, yeah it does, definitely doesn't stake. hold up <laughs> did you see that they remade that with like yeah. 3d modern graphics I did see we, that, and I very cool. Well, I watched like the first like five minutes of it, and I shut it off pretty quickly after. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the whole thing one weekend. We didn't yeah, really watch it; it was just on in the background here. But we watched the whole thing at our apartment. It's just—it's almost hard to look at. Like I'm sure it's an impress—it's an impressive like feat, like for 3D animation. It's like come decently far, but it. I don't oh know. yeah. I agree. It's definitely tough to look at. All um, right. So yeah, you want to get into the movie? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get into it. So uh, yeah, as we've said, we were talking about They Live, the 1988 film by John Carpenter. And I have to say, like, before we really dive into it, uh, as a John Carpenter fan, this was one that I've actually never watched. So it was really fun to get into another movie of his and just dive into his his mind because he he is an incredible director. Yeah, yeah. I, I also really love John Carpenter's films. Um, I think I haven't seen Dark Man, but I've seen most of his movies. I I went into a big John Carpenter phase in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, after I saw The Thing, like, my life oh, the was, thing like, is so good. changed, like, how I view movies. That, that's one oh, of yeah. my favorite movies, like, still to this day. And Halloween. Halloween is also so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... So yeah, I picked this film because we had just watched Starship Troopers, and I really enjoyed talking about a sci-fi B movie, and I thought that this one would also make for some robust conversation. I thought it'd be it, fun to talk about. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I'm glad you hadn't seen it before. It could expose you to something new. Oh yeah, no, I I, I like that aspect about it too. We're we're, <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna have a lot of movies like that. I feel like. Yeah. I guess I guess we should uh start off the conversation by talking about the short story called uh, Eight O'clock in the Morning" by Ray Nelson. So uh, for our audience who doesn't know, the uh, the movie itself was based off of this story. And before we came into this podcast, uh, Cameron and I both read it. It's like like what like four pages almost. Yeah, it's a four very or five pages. It's super short. It took me ten minutes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what did you think? Um, so I I liked it. I read it after watching the movie, 
getting a a little bit more of a context based on the film with that. And then also, I don't know if you saw, but they also made it into a short little comic strip. They adapted. Did you read that as well? I cannot find it. Were you able Ooh, to find it? I, I, I was able to find a PDF of it. And it, it's exactly the same. It follows the story exactly the same as the, the short story. But uh, the thing that I liked the most about it is how the aliens are portrayed in that. And they they look almost like, I don't know, Lovecraftian with, like, tentacle heads. And they have, like, ten eyes and their feet are almost like bird-esque, like predatory bird-esque. They've got talons and these big sharp, like, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. That is so it was interesting. Because this is, that that's one of the reasons, or, because I know John Carpenter definitely took an artistic step to move away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then also with the, the Lovecraftian design of these uh, aliens, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, when John Carpenter was writing the script for this, he actually penned it under a pseudonym, Frank Armitage, which is a character from a Lovecraft um, story, because John Carpenter thought that there was a lot of collaboration going on when he was making the script between him, his wife, uh, Roddy Piper, uh, the crew, so he didn't want to attribute it to just himself so he did a, a pseudonym based after after a lovecraftian character which i thought was pretty interesting as well one of the things that i thought was going to happen while reading the short story was uh for for people listening that haven't read the short story it starts out um focusing on a character named george nada and george is at a hypnotist and when he comes out of being hypnotized, he realizes that he can see all these hidden aliens and all of the subliminal messages that they've hidden in uh, on billboards and signs and through the TVs and stuff. And so he starts taking out all of these monsters and trying to convince people that they're real. And for the longest time, I thought it was going to end with him being like a crazy person him just killing all these random people and he was hypnotized but uh i'm pretty sure it ends with him like exposing everything right and then yeah, he dies he, he so yeah he uh what does he do he he uh, just like in the movie he goes to the news station yeah and then like as he because sh- beforehand he found like same like in the movie the, mo- the movie takes a little bit the movie takes a little bit here and there um but like the main like steps throughout the movie are come largely from this story but uh instead of just finding like the watch that teleports him in the movie he finds uh like a gun and then yeah like another radio type device but yeah he goes to the television station shoots the anchor and then tries to like mimic their like gargled voice and then it like awakens everybody else and then ironically he dies at eight o'clock which at the beginning of the short story he gets a call from one of the aliens that said uh, you're gonna die by eight by a heart attack or something. So it just kind of shows it. You know, he 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 he's he's trying to defeat the system right now. Mm-hmm. Comes full circle at the end. Yeah. Um, and then the the last thing that I had for the 
short story was that they call the aliens fascinators. That uh never gets mentioned in the film. Fascinators. Yeah. I, I don't even. Oh, that's funny. I don't even remember them being called that. I like that. <laughs> I was wondering if, since we just talked about Starship Troopers and all the fascist things in that film, if the fascinators had anything i don't know kind of sounds like fascism but <laughs> yeah i didn't know if you knew anything nah, about that i was i wonder if you think because obviously this movie was made as a big like response to the reagan administration yeah and, um, mm -hmm. just kind of like tearing down those uh materialistic ideologies um, which honestly, I kind of wish I didn't know. Like, I mean, I, th I think the movie on, in, it, in of itself I really enjoy, but I think a lot of the meaning that was intended for it didn't really strike me too well, if I'm being I agree. honest. I agree. I feel like this one didn't resonate as much with me as Starship Troopers. Yeah. Starship Troopers is way, way more subtle with what it's trying to say. Yeah, exactly. This one Cause... is very, very it has in an your face. almost. Yeah, it does. Uh -huh. Yeah, whereas where Starship Troopers was like a report, this has uh, an actual agenda. But I do, I do think there is something to be said about both of these movies where you can watch them without like that in mind and still really enjoy it. Because I mean, I, 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 I went into this movie cold turkey. You know, I, I, I like doing that before I really dive into uh, um, any anything. You know, I like, I like just experiencing it on my own for first and. Yeah, I mean, I, I did, I mean, I, I kind of, like, you can kind of be like, oh, yeah, anti-materialist, like, blah, 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 but, like, that sentiment on its own doesn't mean too much to me, you know? I, I, I'm not completely opposed to that, but, like, the super, just anti-Reagan, anti just anti, like, especially how uh, we, we talked about in the in the comic how the aliens are represented in a more, like, grotesque way, and how, uh, in, in, the, in the film adaptation, that they're more, like, humanoid you know yeah so uh in the i don't know if you notice in the credits for this they are the aliens are credited as ghouls oh really and so, yeah yeah and so th there's a quote that john carpenter said where he said the creatures are corrupting us so they themselves are corruptions of human beings yeah that's what i have down too <laughs> yeah um, yeah <laughs> the, the idea was to make them look like 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 humans but corrupted by like the materialistic greed i thought that the creature design was awesome i think oh it's it's john carpenter bro yeah and it <laughs> still holds up it still looks really good yeah no it's it's still yeah it's really satisfying especially at the end when you see when you them can in see color. them in color yeah sick honestly yes they do look really good um but yeah that's that's interesting i, I also i don't really like how i kind of wish that it was like they were like in the in the I, I I'm sure like like I said I'm not exactly sure what the intention of the short story was but they made the comic book after it and like or even in the short story they talk about how one of the aliens was like disguised as like a lovable looking drunk um, yeah which which means like like the aliens could be like in any form of like the social classes you know I don't I don't really like how this one was such a you know, rich people are evil. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the the sense that I got when I was reading the the short story in the comic 
was that it was almost a invasion of the body snatchers type deal where they like take people and then impersonate them. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. So what do you think of the characters in this? And well, so we did mention how the, uh, the main character of the short story is named George Nada, and in this mm-hmm. one he's John Nada, but he's never mentioned by name. Oh, really? I thought is he is he John Nada? I thought he was just Nada. It is John Nada because I was watching the bonus features on the Blu-ray of this because I own the Blu-ray, so I watched all the bonus features, and they they say John Nada a bunch of times in the in the huh. bonus features referencing uh, Roddy Piper's character. It's it's funny because uh, this movie and uh, Fight Club do the same thing, you know, where like the main character doesn't have. Oh, is unnamed. Name. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I I it's always kind of funny going back because like I had no idea he didn't have a name until <laughs> until I went back and was doing a little research for this podcast and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I guess they really didn't ever say his name. Yeah, and then like you don't really know that much about him and. I don't know if you read this, but uh, apparently uh, John Carpenter told Roddy Piper to come up with the character's backstory on his own and not tell anyone about it. And, and then, that went on for like the, his whole life, right? From what I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he never told anybody, never even told John Carpenter. And, and then he – I think he passed away in 2015 and yeah, you're, you're never told – Never told anyone the backstory of the character, so I guess we'll never know what happened to John Nada before the, the, coming to L.A. Maybe, like, one of his kids or something has the inside scoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can we – all right, so speaking of Roddy Piper, so if, if you didn't know, the, the main person um, for our audience was a wrestler named uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. And he met John Carpenter at WrestleMania three. <laughs> no way, that's odd. Wait, is John Carpenter a WWE fan? I have no idea, but I know that. Uh, so Roddy Piper quit doing professional wrestling to film this movie, and Vince McMahon was pissed off about it and was like, "You'll," I don't know. He was super mad that Roddy Piper left wrestling to make this movie. I mean, it kind of seems like a natural step, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it's all acting. I mean, that's yeah, what The Rock exactly. did. Uh-huh. And John Cena, kind of. Yeah. Currently. You know you know what scene... All right, there, there was a lot of scenes in this movie where I just, like, started laughing out loud pretty hysterically. But you know what scene really got to me? <laughs> Which scene? The scene right at the beginning when, you know, it's just a normal movie, you know, freaking Rowdy, Roddy Piper is walking around gets the job at the construction site and then out of nowhere it just goes to him shirtless just jacked fuck bro (laughs) i just i I started laughing so hard because it was just so out of the blue it's like holy shit it's like something out of like a a fucking calendar for women or something (laughs) well when i when i was like writing notes for this that was the first thing that i wrote down was he's jacked huge Like you, yeah, no. It's literally you see him and you're like, holy shit, bro! <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy's massive. Because his clothes like hide it so well. He doesn't. He mm-hmm. like he, he looks big, obviously. But like my uh my roommate and I were watching it, and throughout the entire 
time we were joking around where it's like yeah he could like if any problems come he could just punch through any of these aliens like <laughs> yeah he's so big yeah like they, they they think they have alien technology but he he's always carrying two guns on him yeah <laughs> that's a good point uh uh he has a bunch of good one-liners in this movie which i thought were awesome well i yeah of course of course we have to talk about uh the one the one line what uh, i'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and i'm all out all of bubble out of, gum yeah yeah i so, actually knew i actually knew that was in the film but i completely forgot like like <laughs> until it happened i was like holy shit this is what this or that's where this comes from and then you're like oh there it is duke nukem oh my god <laughs> <laughs> well so and oh the the other line that i really like too is when him and the frank character are having the street fight and he's like put on these glasses or start eating the trash or something like that you know <laughs> that was a good one dude that fight scene was epic that fight scene is so good it is really good <laughs> I, guess, so, I guess it was for for a long time considered the longest fight scene in a uh, cinema correct oh i didn't know that for a time, I, yeah. oh, I could see it. I could see it definitely. Um, well, in the uh, in the bonus features, they had a whole segment about the fight, and they they brought on some martial arts stunt coordinator to choreograph the whole thing, and they were actually hitting each other in the body. Of course, they they um, didn't hit each other in the face or the groin, but all the body shots are real. They're actually hitting each other really yep damn yeah i have i have here that uh that i knew i knew that keith hit roddy a couple times Mm -hmm. but that's well in the in the bonus features interview for it roddy piper says something like it's really fun because you get to take a few hits and then you get a dish a little out and you get to (laughs) take some I wonder if Keith David felt the same way. Or he was like, "Shit, dude, I have I have to fight this guy who could bend metal." Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Keith David's pretty jacked in this movie too. True. That is very true. I, I is he how many? Because he was in the thing. He's a very important yeah. actor in the thing. I don't um, know if he's in any other John Carpenter films, but I did notice his voice from. The animated Justice League movie or Justice League show. Oh really? Who does he? Yeah, he is the voice of Martian Manhunter. Some no, no, he's oh, just shit. the voice of like some alien. Oh. Like, yeah, but I did notice that. <laughs> he he does a lot of voices for other stuff too. That's cool. I like that. Uh oh. I guess all right. So before I guess before we go like talk more about what carpenter was trying to say um throughout this movie i just bring up bring up some more just random trivia knowledge did Mm -hmm. you know that uh the brand obey was actually heavily influenced by this movie i did know that i actually had listened to another podcast it's a kevin smith podcast actually where he had shepherd fairy on and they talked about the whole um origin of him creating obey and all that it was pretty interesting that does sound interesting did did he do you, do you remember if he commented on like because obviously the movie is very 
anti-business, anti, like you know, materialism. That did did he talk about like the kind of ironic aspect of opening or starting a multi-billion-dollar company <laughs> off of the obey signs? I think so, but he it started out not as that. It started out as he was making his own stickers. And he just made a sticker with Andre the Giant on it. And That's who that is? Yeah, it's Andre the Giant. No way. And the original sticker was just the, the picture of Andre the Giant, and it says uh, Andre the Giant has a posse or something. And he just like made all these stickers and handed them out to all of his friends. And then he saw – I think he said uh, – I might be totally getting this wrong, but I think – he said that he saw this movie when it came out, and then he started putting just Obey underneath all the Andre the Giant uh, iconography. I had no idea that that was Andre the Giant. <laughs> that is so weird. That he was literally looking at me throughout all these years, and I had no idea. That's, that's nuts. Yeah I, yeah, I think that that's pretty cool. But I, I don't remember if he commented on the the irony of the whole thing. That's interesting. I'll have to I'll have to listen to that. Does does Kevin Smith still do podcasts? Yeah, he does it not as well, he's probably getting into it more, but he was kinda of taking a break when the new Jane and Silent the, Bob Yeah, the re, the yeah, exactly. The tour for that. So I think he just started doing it. Again. I still have to watch that movie. I love the original. <laughs> I liked it a lot when I saw it in theaters, and I just watched it again, and it kind of doesn't hold up as well, <laughs> unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, so it pains me to say, from what, but from I still what love heard it. From him, it's a bit more emotional than funny, right? Or it takes, or there's, there's more, like, attempts at making it emotional than in the original Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, it's just weird because they're so – they're not so old, but they're just older than they used to be, and it's just kind of odd to see them almost in their 50s doing the same, like, snoochie-boochies. And... Did you know that stuff is actual, like, weed? You can actually buy snoochie-boochies, like, pre-rolls. Oh, yeah, he, like, makes his own strain and stuff. I want to <laughs> I want to pick that up. <laughs> just to That'd say, be funny. <laughs> that, that is funny. <laughs> all right well i guess we're getting back on track <laughs> oh yeah uh so carpenter called this movie qu quoting him he, he called this was a, a docu he claimed this movie was a documentary of the sorts mm -hmm. um and we kind of touched on it before but like it's from his point of view this movie is about how the elite suppress the lower class and um Obviously, it's it's almost funny, like, when we talked about Starship Troopers and, like, the thematic elements, um, it was it was easier to bring up because it was a bit more hidden, but I feel like so much of this movie is so on the nose, you know what it's I mean? It's very blatant with what yeah. it's trying to say. 100%. Like, I, I remember when he walks out and there's, like, the the woman in the bikini on the big billboard and then he puts the glasses on like even before he put the glasses on i'm like oh it's gonna say fuck it's gonna say fuck and then it was like something... marion reproduce yeah marion reproduce and i was like ah yeah um, yeah 
Well, when uh, when I picked this movie, I hadn't seen it in like three or four years. I'd only seen it one time. So I thought it was going to be a little bit more subtle than it was. I thought it was going to be more in line with Starship Troopers. Yeah. I think... At, at, well, at, at least it keeps with it. Because at first, like, how on the nose it was was a bit annoying to me. But it, like, sticks with it. I think... I mean, obviously, Carpenter was trying to make a point with this movie. I guess he would want to do it in, like, the most effective way possible where he could reach the most people, so... Yeah, yeah. You know that, uh... That homeless settlement that they go to? Yeah, it was, it was like, a real... A real homeless shanty town i wonder what i wonder if they had a deal with like meth heads and shit (laughs) (laughs) well apparently all like all the extras were like actually homeless people so he john carpenter uh gave them pay for being in the film and gave them food so he gave them crack and just do (laughs) just do what you do (laughs) go to town (laughs) just start yelling in the background Oh, so I have, I have a question. So, uh, you said fucking Roddy Piper's character mm-hmm. before he knows everything. Um, they make it like pretty obvious after you in- like get introduced to like a small portion of, uh, like I guess I'll just call it the resistance. Like people who understands that the world they're being like sublim- sub- subliminally like influenced through everything that these aliens are doing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I th- I think it's kind of interesting that it was this this uh, the priest was blind, like you know the blind priest and how he knew everything. Like, and my in my mind at least, I was like, oh maybe he's the one who like found it out or something. Well, yeah. So did you notice that when when Roddy Piper first goes into the church to I don't know spy on them and see what's going on and the priest walks in on him the very first thing that the priest does is start touching his face oh so i think he was ah, like feeling okay. his face to see if it felt all fucked up from if he was an alien or not what if yeah what if blind people in this world like maybe they know about it but they don't know you know it's like kind of like that thing where it's like my red can be your blue <laughs> oh yeah yeah that makes like sense. maybe they just think the world is normal like some people have weird ass <laughs> alien faces yeah but he's like hmm <laughs> this might be uh, might this... be getting onto something here i think i think i think this guy might be subliminally influencing the world and what what exactly <laughs> yeah. i guess i guess all right yeah i guess the point of it is to just take over their world Mm-hmm. only in america though yeah only in america I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, <laughs> my roommate and I were joking about like <laughs> how um, fucking like maybe the aliens like that like this is like their big operation in the U.S. But say in like Africa they have like the startup, <laughs> the startup <laughs> companies and like they're just great gaining traction, you know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny different branches of their business (laughs) (laughs) well so uh i did read that over the years the film has become pretty big in neo-nazi groups 
claiming that the film's aliens were meant to be um, Jews who were subverting white society and taking over the world, which John Carpenter responded to with a very angry rant stating that the, the that theory was bigoted garbage with no truth and connection to the his ideas for the film. I just thought that was something interesting. That's kind of funny, especially cuz like I feel like I'm sure a lot a lot of this was um obviously influenced by the novel by uh what's his name? by uh Ray Nelson. But it definitely seems like there was definitely a lot of like conspiracy thought. So honestly, that doesn't it doesn't surprise me that people would think that they're Jews. Like there is so much conspiracies out there that just the Jews are ruling or ruling everything. Yeah. Just, oh. I mean, it's just conspiracy thought. The shit goes on and on. And then one of the things that this speaking of conspiracies that the the film was making me think of was, have you ever heard that one of like lizard people that secretly control everything? That oh okay. That's what my roommate thought or thought it was because he he loves conspiracy theories. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I guess they do. I mean, they do kind of look reptilian. Yeah. So I could definitely see that. It's funny. This it's this is definitely a movie that I think can be taken so many in like weird ways. If you didn't know about like what John Carpenter was trying to push, which again I think was kind of dumb, you know. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I do think it is kind of interesting though. Like as much as like, obviously I love John Carpenter. Um, despite his fucking political agenda, whatever. Um, but I, I do think it's kind of interesting that during this time, like during the Reagan Reagan administration, that like this was like one of the only few movies that kind of like was anti opposed it. Yeah. I do think that aspect of it is cool because it's just yeah like I mean it's it's like one of the few ones so of course yeah uh huh I wonder what uh type of film John Carpenter would make today in regards to the political yeah. climate I kept when I was doing my research I kept hearing like over and over and over again that like. Uh, this movie has more relevance now than ever. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Do you, do you agree with that? I, I think I would actually. I do agree with that. What do you think? I'm not sure. The, uh, explain, explain your answer. Maybe, maybe it'll help me come to terms. I don't know. I, I, I was kind of perplexed on it because I was like, it seems, well, it seems like there's now. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm also not very educated in politics, so... Oh, don't worry. Me neither. <laughs> you, you, you and I just sit down and watch movies for 12 hours straight. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like... Hmm. I don't really have anything to back my, my claim up. Yeah. But... <laughs> I think um I think there's just so much more like like thought out there, you know? Like like I can see where someone would say this, but like 
I don't know. Also, at the same time, back then, the idea of, like, minimalist living and, like, you know, similar concepts such as that, you know, like, uh, it's a lot of people are going down the path of, like, anti-material living, and I don't really think that that's, they're doing it as a commentary on, like, you know, fuck the right side or anything like that. I think it's just because, like, it is healthy, like... I don't know. I, f I feel like when, when I think about the message of this movie, it's like, yeah, like, I also agree with, like, the anti-materialistic sentiments of it. But the way you pushed it, where it was like, the rich are evil, uh, every everything is trying to just influence you, it was kind of like, eh. But that, that's, that's why I think I definitely like the movie, like, in of itself way way more than what i like what it actually like represents if, if right yeah yeah i think that that's why i i'm not like I, I said this twice already but like i had the idea in my mind that this movie was gonna be more than it was yeah if that makes sense i mean it, it definitely gets the fucking brain going at the very yeah least. oh yeah oh yeah Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else for what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think, uh, I think my notes are... Oh, final thing. Fucking Roddy Piper's character, he's from Colorado. I just thought oh, I'd mention that. yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> anytime, anytime there is anything that's Colorado, you know, represent, I like it. Yeah. I, I was gonna say that, but I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, that was our episode on freaking. Wait, 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 wait. What? what oh, you're right. You're right. You we have it? to fucking final questions. Yeah. I'm shutting up. Sorry. Go ahead. What? Uh, what would you rate this movie? Uh, I would say, I would say seven, seven out of ten. I'm also thinking. I think ooh, are are am I allowed to go half? I want to go six point five. Six point five, that worked. I want to go it's six point really, five. It's it's one of those movies where it's like, and I'm sure you would agree with me, where it's like, you know, like we all have movies that like if we were to rank them, we'd be like, yeah, it's probably like a three out of ten movie, but like you still really like it anyways. Like it has like, yeah. a charm to it. Like uh huh. Um. Especially those scenes where Roddy Piper's walking around with a shotgun, just blasting, <laughs> blowing away. people away. Yeah. yeah, that's a fun movie. I th it's <laughs> it's a really it fun is a fun movie. movie. Yeah, I think the the satirical side of it is just a little too over the top. I did highly enjoy the very ending scene though, where the girl is riding that one dude like they're fucking in bed. And she, like, looks down and sees him. Like, oh. that, the minute you saw her, just, like, you know, like, going up and you're down like, in her oh, top yeah. list, you're like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also enjoy at the very end when he flips off the helicopter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he <laughs> when he dies. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. No. Oh, actually, one more thing that I wanted to say. Just, like, the one part of the movie that just shocked me was at the very end – when they're running up to the top of the building oh. to take out the laser, and the Holly character just shoots uh, Frank in the head out of nowhere. 
Yeah. Yeah, me, I was me, like, Holy me and my shit. me and my roommate both looked at each other with like open mouths, you know. We were like, "Oh my god." <laughs> that was so shocking. It was it was normal up until that cuz cuz they they definitely like like uh like push you towards thinking that she's going to be your friend. Like they even give you like the fucking doe eyes when they're talking where you're like, "Oh, is this going to be like his romantic interest?" But then like, Yeah. In like not even like a second, she shoots the <laughs> no hesitation. Keith David in the head. Yeah, it was so quick. <laughs> so, um, what are we doing for next time? What's gonna be our topic? Ah, uh, so I was. Going I'm excited, through, and I think I want to ch- kind of try to do something a little bit different. Um, okay, cool. So, I mean, it's it's still a movie, but, like, you know, in a, in a different vein. So, for our next uh, podcast, I would like us to do the 1995 animated film Ghost in the Shell. Oh, okay. Which, uh, yeah, you, you, you know I'm a big fan of, um, I'm just a big fan of the Japanese animation industry in general. Mm-hmm. And this one is a very, very big turning point. Um for like you know th- that type of animation and all that and and it has a lot of interesting just ai thought and philosophies that I, I i could talk about forever so i think that would be fun for us to do okay sweet yeah i don't i'm not a huge anime fan so this is gonna be good hell yeah well thank you for tuning in we appreciate you all listening yes thank you and uh i guess we'll see you next time